Hello, my friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and welcome to the full moon in Pisces 3 live stream. Uh, haven't seen all of you in a while, so it's nice to see all of you stopping in here. Uh, let us know in the chat box where you're coming from and how you're doing, and if you have any questions, and we'll, we'll try to um, take your questions today, too. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Debbie Stapleton, um, who I met a few years ago at the United Astrology Conference in Chicago, Illinois. So I'm very excited that she is here with me today. How are you doing, Debbie? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's been a really interesting uh, weekend, but it's nice to see you face to face after so many years. Yeah, that was UAC 2018, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a few years now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty epic conference. It was. That was my first astrology conference. Uh, yeah. Well, you were great because you were so um, engaged and you were uh, talking to a lot of folks and interviewing. And yeah, you were you were just crushing that conference. It was great. <laughs> I, I was I was flipping the, the Leo switch a little bit. And I think at that point I had some kind of grand water trying in my chart. Was going oh, on, so. so it's super it was social connecting. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And you were you were doing some interesting things at that point too. You were uh, taking a big test. I was uh, informed. Oh, right? that's right. Yes, that's when I did my big um, ESAR cap, yeah. the, the cert certificate of proficiency. Yeah, because I had been a big autodidactic learner for so long, and I was like, I just want somebody check me out, like what <laughs> all these years of uh, studying like it was just nice to get an international organization to sort of uh test me and yeah. i met some elders chris Mc the late chris mcrae was one of um my teachers for the esar consulting skills uh, module which was a real special treat she was wonderful but yeah it was a really pivotal time uranus entering my 11th house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I so. Hear you. so you, um, you and I had some really nice conversations in the lobby at UAC, but tell me a little bit more about, uh, yourself, your journey to astrology and, um, where we can find you and what you've got coming up in the hopper. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess for me, um, I kind of combine a few different modalities in my astrology, as I imagine a lot of folks do. I have a music background, so I'm a singer. I'm also a visual artist and a textile artist. So um, storytelling and creativity is a big part of how I connect and converse with astrology. At least I strive to anyway, because my clients can let you know how that's going. Um, yeah. And I also have a background in uh, yoga and Ayurveda and also Western herbalism. I've studied uh, medical astrology with Lee Lehman. And I also love magical astrology. So mm. I sort of feel like um, astrological magic is the uh, ritual and imaginal plane where a lot of these modalities come together so folks can truly interface and have a dynamic kind of co-creative, you know, relationship with the planets almost as well as persons, or at least attuning to those broad archetypal forces that shape our world. And yeah, I don't know if that sounded a little bit complicated, but it's just valuing, um, igniting the imagination and working in an imaginal storytelling realm, but also using nature as a teacher and bringing natural components into uh, what folks can do to have some balance and wholeness. And we sort of find that um, in the particular unique birth chart. Every chart has a really cool story to tell, so. Well, and you, you re recently uh, had a pretty big move uh, across country to get maybe closer to those natural spaces, maybe to be able to channel yeah. some things right so you're out in oh, yeah. the, the west coast of canada is that correct yeah we're on vancouver island um my partner and i moved there in 2011 originally from toronto where we had these big kind of busy rock and roll lifestyles and we started to get really domesticated because we got two doggies 
Mm-hmm. So it's essentially our family. So yeah, we went all the way across the country, got settled on Vancouver Island. That's where we did a lot of our uh, yoga studies. That's where I did my herbal training. And then we moved to Montreal for three years. Um, I think there was some Uranus stuff going on there too. And uh, did three really interesting years in a very uh, creative and dynamic and multicultural city. And then sort of felt like, okay, big city, I think, is out of our system now. And then we zigzagged all the way back to Vancouver Island uh, amid the height of the pandemic. Uh, That really sort of drove home that we wanted to be back in the land that sort of felt like, I don't know, like a soul's home where we're both, my partner's Pisces rising, I'm Cancer rising, and something about being near the ocean and being close to the land uh it just i just sort of feel like that year and probably was a lot this case for a lot of folks is that it just brought a lot of things into stark clarity like having to make really deep quick decisions sort of on an instinct which i would sort of feel like is the soul talking to you like giving you a really strong message and directive and just having to be ready to follow it for the long term unfolding of whatever is to come so yeah yeah and and you know vancouver island has seemed to become sort of a a hub for uh metaphysical practitioners on some level oh yeah you know a few of my friends have moved out there recently yeah like ren butler is here Mm -hmm. great archetypal astrologer um the astrologer uh charm torres lives out on vancouver island now that's a big dream uh for her and her partner uh, and then there's the whole astrology Victoria contingent, and yes, they seem the, to be doing really show. well. Friends of the yeah. show, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Dulcie, and, Dulcie, and Tatiana were on the the uh, live stream a few weeks yeah, ago. So I saw that. How wonderful! We're excited. That's to so be cool. With them, there's sure. something about this island. I don't know. It's really, um, yeah. I just feel like the the land and the ecology is very dynamic and it really can heal you but it's living on a on a rock and it has a certain energetic and a certain history and it can kind of there's some sort of like legends about it like it almost like it decides if you're gonna stay it decides for you if your roots are gonna plant and you have to kind of go through a bit of a journey to attune yourself to it I don't know it's almost like it makes me think about like re- relationships I have with my dog. It's like you aspire to have this uh, deep soulful relationship with this wild untamed kind of uh, being, but there's something that it will ask that nature asks of you to come up to meet that relationship. It, it calls on you to be your best and your most authentic and centered. And yeah, uh, that's and a philosophy I have anyway. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's definitely a spirit of a place. You know, like yeah. a, like a, a low C, a genius low C is I think what they call it, mm. like the, kind of the daimon or spirit of that place. And it sounds like that I'm going to have to take a visit out to Vancouver Island at some point. Yeah, well, check go. out your, check out your, um, maybe your relocation chart. See if anything yeah. gets pulled up to the angles or, Yeah. <laughs> it's, for me, it's Jupiter on the descendant. I am my relocated chart. Nice. makes my Jupiter very angular. So when I come to Vancouver Island, it's like study, uh, teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jupiter rules the ninth house in my birth chart. So it's um, it, it's a thing. It's like as soon as I get out there, it's, you know, all of those topics become a little bit more live. So it's well, wonderful. Yeah. I'm happy to be there. One of the things I've been noticing that you've been putting out there the last few years that I really enjoyed is um, you're quite an accomplished watercolor painter as well mm. and did a planetary series yeah. on, with uh, your watercolors. So yeah. I've been enjoying that on your on your social media channels. And you recently started uh, like a little bit of a rebrand of your uh, website. Tell us more about what your, what your new website is and where we can find you and, and offerings that you might have for folks today. Yeah, the... The new name that is the umbrella for the offerings is called Starfruit 
Astrology. And you can find it. It's pretty easy, starfruitastrology.com. And I'm on Instagram under holistic underscore astrology. But I think pretty soon I'm going to change that name over to match the domain of the website. So I had been under a bit of like a working title for several years that, you know, I I liked it, but it just didn't feel 100% fleshed out. And yeah, like based on the watercolor work, I started going in a little bit of a different or new direction with the watercolor art inspired by 70s psychedelic art, 70s sci-fi art, like uh, Jean Mobius Girard is a huge uh, inspiration of mine. And I was like, you know, there's something earthy, and botanical in the vibe of how I do my astrology, but I didn't want it to be sort of like kind of a folksy, crafty sort of vibe. I was like, I want it to be like a little bit unusual, a little psychedelic and a bit sci-fi. So the idea of star fruit is like the idea that we're sort of channeling the fruits of the stars, you know, so, you know, doing, doing magic or working with herbalism, it's like these celestial beings, they offer almost like a strange sort of unusual uh, alien sort of fruit that nourishes our soul and, and, and ignites our imagination. Um, so that was the vibe. So, uh, well, yeah, ch- it's really ch- fun. Check Debbie out at starfruitastrology.com, right? That's correct. Okay, good. Um, I'm checking I snagged in. that domain. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> you didn't have to spend like a million dollars to get it from no. somebody, right? Okay. No. Um, so I'm checking on the chat box here, and we've got some people stopping by. We always have a, uh, a very international crowd here that I'm always excited oh, about. Nice. We've got Darren stopping in from the UK, or D. Hello, D. Nice to see you. Uh, Remco is here from the Netherlands. Dimphy is here from the Netherlands. A couple of Netherlands folks. Uh, Tanya's here from inside the house. Hello, Tanya. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> uh, Christopher stopping in from Denver, Colorado. Dina's here from Nyack, New York. Susanna, our friend, one of our friends from Finland is here. So our, fr- our Finnish uh, contingency is here as well. So welcome, everyone. Right. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Check out Debbie's stuff. Uh, if you want to make a donation to the show, there's a little dollar sign on the bottom of your chat box, which is called a super chat or a super sticker. And that will highlight either a comment or a question that you might have. That's a new way since we reached a thousand subscribers on uh, YouTube where you can support the work that we do here today. Uh, June is stopping in from Maui. <laughs> she says that they uh, eat star fruit frequently. So oh, yay. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so Debbie, let's dive into this here today. Actually, before I start, one more thing, one more housekeeping thing, folks. Um, if you haven't seen the things that I've been putting out, I do have a, a webinar that's coming up called The Deccans of Libra, and that's on October the 9th. And there is an early bird discount that's going on up until the 24th of September. So if you put the coupon code LIBRA20 into the place where it asks for coupon codes, you can get, get 20% off. Uh, I'm also doing a bundle for the uh, Deccans of Fall, which are Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius. So you can sign up for all three at a discount as well. So check out the link for that in the uh, description of this video or wherever you're viewing this content. And hopefully you'll join me for that. We, I had a really great time doing the Deccans of Virgo. Um, we had a, a nice group of people that were there, and um, I think it went really well. It was it was a lot of fun, and it was it was you know. You folks know me. I cram a lot of things into <laughs> tight spaces as far as like information. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to provide value for you and help you see things in a, in a new and interesting way. I call that style high nutritional content. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like a power ball of astrological uh, information if you're getting lots of good nuggets yeah. in there. <laughs> I tell you what, I, 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 I've been trying to, to feed the world, so to speak, with, like you said, high, high nutrition content. I have, um, yeah, I have difficulty not putting a lot of information in something. Um, I, I don't know, thoroughness is something that I just like, you, you, don't you have Jupiter and Virgo as well? 
No, I've got Jupiter in Capricorn conjunct the North Node co-present with my Capricorn sun. We have some Virgo connection though. Is your moon at Virgo? My moon is in Virgo. Okay. Yes. So you have a Virgo moon right on top of my Jupiter. Mine's at seven degrees Virgo. And I believe your moon is somewhere close to there. There you go. Five degrees. There you go. So that's a great connection. Yeah, right. <laughs> we so should open a herbal supplement business or something. <laughs> For something practical, right? <laughs> All right. Um, so hopefully today we'll be able to uh, give you your your astrological vitamins and uh, yeah. the the ripened fruit of this full moon. So Debbie, um, any initial thoughts? I'm going to share my screen and we will take oh, a look at this chart. Yeah and uh, see what we've got. This is the chart of the full moon, which is happening on September the 20th um, at 7.54 p.m. Eastern time. Make your adjustment if you're on the west coast of Canada. That's probably, what, three hours earlier? Somewhere around there, Debbie? Yeah, I think on the east, you're three hours ahead. So for us on the west coast, that's 4.54 p.m. Okay, gotcha. So we're looking at a 28 degree Pisces moon opposite the 28 degree Virgo sun. Um, Anything that sticks out to you right away? Well, (laughs) I sort of noticed that from a few angles, Pluto is really uh, bound up in this lunation. And I also noticed that Mercury, who's slowing down and getting ready to go retrograde, is um, very trine Jupiter. So we've got Pluto, you know, Earth trine with the sun, sextile with the moon. um, And Mercury, when Mercury goes retrograde um, in about six days from the moon, Mercury will be pretty square that. Pluto. So I just sort of noticed how Pluto sort of almost snuck under the radar and got very, is very entwined with this lunation in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, The the Mercury Jupiter trine definitely was something that stuck out to me uh, in my notes here. That's a good catch Mm -hmm. on the, on the Mercury Pluto. That was something that I hadn't kind of highlighted but it, it, it's interesting that we're going to have these two aspects simultaneously kind of kind of happening. Um, mm-hmm. Both of these planets, Mercury and Jupiter, are are actually the hosts of the two luminaries for this um, for this full moon. So Mercury yeah. and Libra right on, on Spica, actually a fixed star called Spica, which is a very fortunate oh, yeah, right. fixed star, um, kind of the concentration point of the harvest. But the, the only challenges I'm seeing with this is that you know, besides the square to Pluto, which definitely is an an elephant in the room, uh, is it's both of these planets are in in aversion to their hosts. So we have Mm -hmm. like this kind of, you know, not being able to see each of their hosts here, um, which could maybe lead to a little bit of confusion. Jupiter is in aversion to the Pisces moon um, Mm -hmm. and retrograde, and Mercury being in the third decan of Libra is in aversion to the uh, Virgo sun. Now, one thing that I'm seeing, though, that I I like, though, this is uh, a fortunate Mercury on Spica. But like you mentioned, you know, I love that you are looking at the synodic cycles here, too. This Mercury is slowing down. And we've already Mm -hmm. gone into um, what some astrologers would consider that shadow period where we're going to be retracing some steps, potentially. Um, I, I think that one of the things I have is for, as far as notes for this Mercury-Jupiter trine is the third decan of Aquarius is really, uh, one of the things I like to do here on the show is like connect the decans with the tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So I pulled some cards here today. We've got, <gasps> right? <laughs> so this is, third, this, this is third decan Aquarius, right? With the seven of swords. And Absconding with the swords. Exactly. Um, and but But Jupiter here, I feel like Jupiter here helps us to make uh, harmonious partings. You know, it's like saying, okay, it's time to leave the past behind. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. time to take a leap into the unknown, take with you what you've learned from these last experiences, 
and you know don't be afraid to to move forward and and mercury is going to be you know maybe trying to help here we've got this the four of swords for this mercury decan third decan of libra mm-hmm. um which is really the, the vibe i get with this decan is more about uh finding peace within chaos you know like it's it's more about how can you find inner meditative states that will help you to bring peace to your environment mm-hmm. rather than always mm-hmm. having to search out a peaceful environment before you can feel um, safe or peaceful or secure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like it. I like that it's interesting because the the suit of swords in um, the tarot obviously is associated with, you know, the air element, which mm-hmm. in the zodiac is a bit more of a diurnal and active, outwardly seeking, proactive type of mm-hmm. elemental energetic. And then it just sort of makes me think of like um, the advice I've heard a lot of astrologers. I remember Kelly Surtees was one and Austin Kopic as well, like talking about when Mercury is slowing down and beginning to go on its sort of retreat or retrograde uh, journey. It's like coming into phase with what Mercury is up to. Often we have to suspend the expectation that our typical uh, solar diurnal waking active proactive consciousness that likes to propel forward and find solutions and and get stuff done we have to kind of make our peace with the fact that we almost kind of have to lie down like that figure in the four of swords and become more um, receptive and and turn um, inward and allow insights to actually kind of come toward us and really the only way that we can reach that kind of deeper intuitive understanding is that we actually have to kind of pull back and surrender a little bit and and relax so that that can be revealed if that makes sense absolutely i think surrender is a great word for this lunation in general um you know that's something that I, i i talked about with Sam Reynolds was on the show a few weeks ago and oh yeah you know that was a theme that really came up um when we were talking about Pisces and Virgo in general was you know this this ability to both refine things with with the Virgo sun and and really like figuring out what stays what goes what you're going to pass on as a legacy that's some third decan uh, Virgo type of experience Mm -hmm. um but then also knowing kind of when enough is enough when you've done enough when to release something into the world and say you know what i've i've done everything i can do with my skills and now i have to like i don't know let uh the divine finish it you know on some yeah. level yeah um, i like that statement let the divine finish it it's almost like when we back off and yeah. allow a little space it's like it gives the space you know for the mystery of life to come forward and and complete the story i think that's a great statement yeah um a couple other things just about the luna the the luminaries in this chart um Mm. that are coming up uh the the two cards that we have for the sun and the moon are the the ten of pentacles and the ten of cups so the Mm -hmm. ten of ten of pentacles representing virgo three um which which talks a lot about preserving things against the forces of entropy to be able to Mm -hmm. be passed on like it's talking about the form changing but essence remaining so like legacies passing on inheritances Mm -hmm. um returning things to the earth though like like the i can i think of this almost like as a a life well lived and you've learned a lot of things you've become a master or you've you've had many journeys and you're passing your wisdom on to somebody while at the mm. same time your body is starting to to contract yeah. right that's I, beautiful because you see the elderly figure sitting in the card yeah. and i think that's really great because it i think that's actually like a real tangible um instructive way that we can see matter transmuting into something spiritual it's like mm-hmm. all of that security and that I that I built and that resource that I generated, it's like you can't take it with you. So yeah. 
we pay it forward or we return it to the earth. And actually our very body is material that we turn to the earth um, at the end of that material cycle. So I think that's really great. It's so interesting how well the, you know, these little sort of images in the cards sometimes uh, tell the story. (laughs) It's been a revolution for my astrological practice, being able to bring some kind of visual narrative into the yeah. into into play that's what it i think is huge been, yeah it's been the biggest benefit with working with clients too because a lot of the times when we're working with these energetic forces they can feel a little bit abstract and mm-hmm. when we are able to see a, a vision of it it can make it more tangible it can make it more like i don't know it can help uh realize it it can turn that light bulb on on some some degree you know uh, and yeah, then you and as a visual like, artist do that as well right yeah and i feel like symbol and and pictures um i really feel like they live in us they become something embodied like i feel like you know our dreamscape and the and the images like often i kind of feel like the quality of those tarot pictures is that they are a little bit enigmatic and kind of they're very open and yet they do have meaning and that's a lot like our dreamscape and Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like the fruit of the dreamscape are pictures that when we sit with them and meditate on them they become soul nourishment it's Mm -hmm. like some something from the soul which I feel is very Piscean feeds and then there's an uptake in your consciousness and it informs your sun and virgo analytical diurnal consciousness so you're actually able to digest and metabolize meaning from uh something pictorial so then it actually becomes something embodied that lives in you an understanding that lives in you i think is uh something that you take with you for the rest of your life and it and it um that's what's so unique about astrology is like when we do this thing like you say like bring these pictures to life it's it's a way that we can get into that and offer mm-hmm. meaning through pictures. So yeah, I feel really passionately about that um, yeah, point you know, that you shared. Dina is, has a really great comment that says, someone once said that, that only the dog can see the elderly man in the 10 of pentacles. He is a spirit only. Oh, <laughs> right? wow. that, that's going to blow my mind a little, right? Yeah, because you can see there's two, little, there's two little dogs down here. We got this old man sitting here. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I like that's that, Dina. That's awesome. You know, in, in, uh, to piggyback off what you're saying, Dina, is, is that um, the next decan in the series is the, the first decan of Libra, which shows the figure Mott at the entrance to the underworld. So it's this passing out of the body, like you were saying, and into spirit, you know, so I, I, I really like that. Um mm. So let's let's take a look at oh one one more thing about that sun in Virgo, the daimon or spirit of that decan is Hestia, so there mm-hmm. there were spirits associated with each of these decans, mm-hmm. and Hestia was the keeper of that sacred flame. So being able mm-hmm. to pass on that wisdom that that changes form but the essence remains. So I, I thought that was a really interesting like correlation wow. with this as well. Well, that's really interesting too. Just like Virgo in general. Like when we think about earth element, um, it's the most, it's the mutable earth sign of the zodiac. So the entire like symbol of the zodiac sign is one of, of change and process that's, you know, it's the most fluid shifting, shape shifting uh, version of earth that we have. So what do we do with that type, like that kind sort of ground, like what takes place there? It's yeah. the understanding of the, you know, a mutable quality of earth and yet the mutable dynamic of how we can work with it for mastery or materialization. So, and it just sort of seems really like apt that the the greatest message that you receive at the end of the walk through Virgo is the, that letting go or it transmuting into something um, spiritual, which is so cool. I love that. I love it. You know, one one um, physical manifestation of this energy that I've been experiencing over the last few days is I've found um, 
that there are these uh, these DVDs that you can buy like off of eBay that have hun literally hundreds of old out of print ancient books on them that mm. you can that you can have like digital copies of that most of them are in the public domain. So there are people that compile these books and and sell them. And I, I went on like a, a binge of like, oh, man, I don't know if if these are going to stay on here so i need to i need to buy all them to preserve them against the ravages of time you know <laughs> yeah. so it was very literal of like trying to like you know figure out how to collect that knowledge to be able to pass it on eventually it's really interesting um really great there's a there's a guy on there his name's Stu. like you should check him out like uh, I'm trying to remember what username he is but he's really great he, he's located in the uk and really great customer service and stuff. I just wanted to give him a shout out because um, lots of old books on alchemy, mythology, astrology, magic. Um, so th it's a great resource out there if people are looking to um, to dive through some of these old texts. How uh, interesting. Yeah, fun, huh? I, then somebody, somebody on this channel, I don't remember who it was, but somebody from the UK turned me on to that and said, you know, there's all this stuff out there that you, these old books, if you're interested in, and I was like, oh, yes, yes, please. So thank you for people bringing me uh, some of that awareness of that knowledge that was out there. Um, we have another cool comment here. Remco is saying that Rachel Pollock in 78 Degrees, which is a, a great tarot book, also connects the old man to Odysseus coming home after his travels. Only he is only recognized by his dogs. Oh, I love that. Pretty cool. That's wild because yeah, I guess if he had aged, um, the dog would still recognize his, his essence or his spirit. There you go. I love it. Well, this is really threading some personal stuff here in about what has just happened for me. We just yeah, yeah. have taken, we're not actually at home at the moment. We're in the interior of BC mm -hmm. where we drove over sea Pisces and land Virgo to rescue a pup, a little dog. Mm -hmm. And um it's just really interesting. We're just spending this weekend like bonding and connecting with this uh, dog who's like a new family member, but just sort of awakening to, um, I don't know, just like that spiritual bond that you can have with dogs. I was, I was meditating on your, your journey to adopt a new family member. And mm. I was thinking about this decan of the moon that we're seeing with Pisces which mm. which I really think is sort of associated with almost like a crusade type of energy, oh, you know, where it's like like the, a pilgrimage of some kind too. Definitely. Well, like mm. like a like a sacrifice for mm. something that you believe in, right? It's that mm. Mars ruled Deccan. Um, remember, we were talking. Austin Kopic was calling it a cup of blood, where it's like, mm -hmm. what are you what are you willing to give up for your dream? You know, what are you willing to do to manifest that ideal? you know, family rainbow, you know, at the end of the rainbow type of experience. Oh my gosh, Spencer, right? that's like my partner and I, and then we have these two pups now. So that's almost like the little kids, go. like the whole philosophy was we lost a little doggy as she passed away in 2018 and left a little bit of a dog size hole in our family. But, you know, the time had to be right to invite someone back and some interesting chance events actually kind of along the theme that we talked about in the beginning about that surrender and let um you know the divine finish the work or the story is that we had been searching 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 actively proactively to find a dog and then when we kind of just let go a rescue agency contacted us and said mm -hmm. we think we actually found a dog that's right for your profile yeah and so the dream is, you know, having, you know, this little family member and wanting to obviously rescue a dog that's in some like peril because there's so many dogs out there that need homes. Sure. So it's interesting is when we rescued her, Venus and Scorpio was right on the ascendant when we met her and her tail is kind of like a Venus in Scorpio story. It's like this little dog who has not had a steady home when they first received her she had a collar around her throat that was like so tight they had to cut it 
So she's defensive. So she's very martial, like she's really protective and she's really suspicious of weird new people. But at the same time, she's quite loving and bonded to us already. So it's been interesting. Sorry if that was too tangential, (laughs) but there are some essences and some of the things you're saying there that are mirrored in uh, the story. So the sacrifice was, yeah, it was just like, uh, it was a bit arduous and it was almost like a bit of a crusade Just drive, you know, patiently and intrepidly through the mountains to go find the right pup that mm-hmm. seems to have ser- serendipitously found us, yeah. so to speak. And well, also giving up these like ideas of, oh, you know, you're going to have some ideal puppy that's going to be, you know, like perfect and you'll mold it and shape it. It's, it comes with like a story that we have to let go of any preconceived ideas and like tune into what the dog actually needs. And that that's actually a greater form of love than just spoiling or indulging the dog, if that mm. makes sense. No, definitely. And, and it really ties in with the moon being at the degree of Venus's exaltation. You know, oh. which is like being able to re- receive, like you were mm. talking about the surrender and letting go and receiving. And, and really, I think one of the differences between Pisces and Virgo, I think, is, uh, like you said, being okay with an imperfection and saying, you know mm. what, I'm ex- it's, it's unconditional love, I think, it really is. Mm. I think the mm-hmm. essence of Pisces and especially that, that exaltation degree uh, with, with Venus. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating to see how these things manifest in our everyday lives. I think it's, I like it when, when people share those tangential stories, because I mean, really, you know, instead of just getting the, the, the abstract kind of experience, mm-hmm. we can see it mm-hmm. and we start to, that's why the, the skills I think is really important is being able to recognize the symbols as they're playing out in real time. And I'll tell you one, yeah. one other one other thing that I've been doing this week. Um, so so first of all, I want to preface with Pisces in the Thema Mundi was on the ninth house cusp, which was mm. sort of associated with pilgrimages f- to find oh. higher purpose and meaning, right? So <laughs> right. I, I we may all be going on some sort of pilgrimage, whether it's you know literal in your case or metaphorical internally yeah. in some other cases to find some meaning to infuse meaning into the the physical form or the physical process that we're bringing to completion and one of the things that that stuck out to me is you know it's no no secret on this channel that i love sports and i I, and I, (laughs) i get made fun of sometimes about it but to me it's a it's a spiritual practice because i see like the court the field all of those things as a as a cathedral I see it as a, yeah. a place to be able to express or go beyond, you know, maybe human limitations. There's, there's all sorts of dramas that are wrapped up in being an athlete. And mm. uh, I find a lot of inspiration in that. And I've been watching inspirational sports movies this week. So I, <laughs> I, I dragged my family or at least part of them that would participate into watching both Hoosiers and uh, what was the other? Rudy. Which is which actually is as oh um, that's a sweet movie oh is right. it same oh. screenwriter this guy named Angelo Pizzo this this is funny uh, he has I, I I always looked up their charts to see what what essence are they channeling when they're making this inspiring art and Angelo mm-hmm. Pizzo who is a screenwriter for both of those movies has Jupiter at fifteen degrees Cancer which is the maximum exaltation Whoa. degree of Jupiter. Uh-huh. And, and also has a sun at about 10 degrees Leo, which is that victorious, um, the six of wands card in the tarot, the victory parade, right? Very so nice. He, he's channeling these inspirational, victorious stories. And, you know, that, that Rudy story really stuck out to me as far as this lunation is concerned, because we mm. had an imperfect person, Rudy, this guy, Rudy Rudiger, who was barely five foot six and wanted to play at Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, had to go through all of these challenges and crises to make it to his dream. And mm. he had like a body that wasn't the traditional body. He had gone through trauma, but eventually through his faith and through his unshakable hope and devotion, 
he was able to realize that dream. And, and I mm. think that there's something beautiful about that. And I think that there's something beautiful about this lunation that may speak to that same kind of energy. Um, and when, one other thing I wanted to add is there is definitely wide swings of emotion in the third decan of Pisces. Because in addition to the mm. dreams like Rudy had that, that he was able to manifest, there's also dreams that, that fail. So there is the highs and the lows, the agony mm. and the ecstasy. Um, but what I wanted to say is that it seems like your dog had is going through releasing an old narrative, an old mm. trauma response. Right? Oh, my God. I have had to talk Christmas that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going with your thought. Well, and, and one of the things that came up in the I Ching reading that I did for, for today was you know, and we can get to that in a second, but the, the basic, the, the gist of it was, you know, it's time to let go of the old story. It's time to let go of the old pain and move forward. And I see that with this Mercury Jupiter trine mm. saying, you know what? Yes, it's been hard. Yes, there has been difficulties, but now it's, it's time for us to move forward and really cultivate that quality of hope. And I want, mm -hmm. I wanted to tell you just briefly that story, the diamond with, with, Pisces three is, is called Elpis, which roughly translates to hope. And Elpis was what remained in Pandora's box after all these horrors and terrors. Oh, that's were right. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so we have this like little kernel of hope that helps us to deal with its opposite, which, which they called morose, which translates to doom. Because, you know, one of the things that in, you know, Austin talks about is in this decan, it's sort of like we realize that everything is going to pass away, right? Everything is, yeah. and, and there can be these feelings of, as a human being, you know, what's the point sometimes if we know we're going to die or if we know, you know, it's not going to last forever, why would we, why would we do anything? And, mm -hmm. and part of it is that, that hope, um, there's some stories about in Prometheus Bound where they said that Prometheus actually put hope in the box so that humanity wouldn't get this like listless, um, I don't know. Like uh, apathy. Apathy, or... exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I think that's a real key with this, this full moon in general is how do you hold on to that inspiration and that hope? And I know for me, I had some real emotional moments this week because I, I don't know, we've all been going through a lot of transitions lately with the, like you said, the pandemic that, that brought reality to our doorstep. Uh, you know, you and I are roughly in the same age range and we're coming to terms with middle age, I think, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, the changing in our own bodies and our own lives. And, um, I, I watched after watching Rudy and Hoosiers, I, I got really emotional because I was like, I want to do something great. You know, like I have a Leo <laughs> ascendant. I'm like, what do, how do I, and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't for my own greatness. It was more about how can I inspire people the way that that person did and how can mm -hmm. I pass on a legacy of inspiration that will mm -hmm. live beyond me, which is very Virgo three. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting to see if when we tap into these energies, that when you become aware of those symbols, you can see them playing out in real time and connect. Absolutely. It, Absolutely. Know? All right. That's so, wonderful too, because it helps to um, have you know, some meaning or even craft our own mythology amid what seems like senseless right. chaos. And I don't know, I kind of feel like that's a little bit of the resonance of uh, Pluto wending its way into what it is that we are, um, you know, working through or consciously aware of on this lunation is that those, you know, mortalities, you know, death, you know, like we said, like, you know, culling and needing to make, you know, firm choices in light of the inevitabilities of life and how very little we actually can control, yeah. but lifting up out of that, you know, sort of feeling of needing to always be in control. So like you're saying, like, if everything is just going to come to an end and that there are some undeniable hard truths at our doorstep that we have to um, wrestle with. If that's the case, how can we rise up and have that still have some sense of hope and sense of meaning? Because 
what else are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you might as well go full Jupiter. <laughs> exactly. You don't have any choice, really. I mean, if you're going to continue <laughs> in on these incarnations, you know, you have to be able to tap into that one way or the other. You have to find meaning, even if you're creating it on some level, you know, for yourself. Like, I mean, a lot of people will ask, well, what's the meaning of life? And it's like, well, it's <laughs> on, some, on some level, it's what you make it mean, you know? I, yeah. I think, well, even when you were like, even when you're saying like that, that desire, that urge, like welling up in your heart to do something great, like mm -hmm. to be inspirational, Jupiter, sure. have some kind of sense of legacy, you know, like what we're talking about with that third decan of Virgo. I feel like, and that's the beauty of being an astrologer is the kind of conversations we can have with folks is that that meaning is yours to craft that's mm. the creative force of your life and you can you can you have your mythology you have your great story and um the greatness that we have to offer is whatever color comes out of our particular soul in this moment like our story might not be exactly like someone else's but that doesn't mean that it isn't great in its own way but the greatness is that we feel that we feel the epic struggle. We know the hero's journey that we're often on, you know, Absolutely. like us winding through the mountains. It was like pouring rain. It was super dangerous. We were trying to get to this like dog, like that's like one little example of like, you know, yeah. how this was playing out. But um, well, and you know, one of the things that, you know, to piggyback off your point is scale does not is relative i think mm. uh, and, and this that rudy movie really was is a speaks to that because rudy didn't go on and like you know he wasn't a dominant like you know all-time great athlete you know in his mind though he said i want to just play in one game you know and one just have the chance to participate mm. so it it it, it we can apply that to other things in our life. It doesn't have to be sports either. Like, you know, you can find inspiration in saying, well, maybe I have committed to being a caretaker and like you've committed to being caretaker for this dog, or maybe you have someone in your family that needs your support or something of that nature. Or maybe it's like overcoming a personal demon or something of that, mm. that ilk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those can be personal epic journeys as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, having this epic quote unquote, legendary public victory. It can be right. something where, you know, if you've overcome things, you know, then you have that relationship between you and your soul <laughs> and you know yeah. whether you overcame it or whether you didn't, you know? And it could be, you know, it is, it's nourishing and it's meaningful and it has substance and it matters even if it's a, a private thing that you right. go through exactly. and the world never even sees it. But if you are so inclined, sometimes sharing it with the world or even just sharing it with those around you, I mean, that's how, I, I don't know, kind of feel like that's like the key. It's like, if you really are authentic and true to your journey in your sphere and your scope of life and, and stay true to your heart, you never know, a la exalted Jupiter, whose heart you're going to light on fire, like who's right. going to watch that and go, oh, uh, I'm going to do that my way over here. Right. I just sort of feel like if we all just do that. Um, well, and I tell you, that just blew my mind seeing that Jupiter in that screenwriter's chart, because yeah. the, the stories that he writes are ones that, you know, you afterwards, you're like, Oh my God, I, I can run through a brick wall right now. So, you know, it's, it's very much, you know, inspiration, merit based on the actions that you take and having faith in the journey. And all of those mm. things to me are very Jupiterian about what are you doing that's going to bring honor to your story and honor to your experience. Um, you know, being of the diurnal sect, right? Whereas Venus yeah. is, as a benefic is a little bit different. That's more about how do you become open to receive the good that comes to you. You don't have mm -hmm. to do things with Venus. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't do things. It just means that it's more about becoming receptive. 
And that may be one thing that's challenging right now because Venus is in Mars's nocturnal home is we may yeah. feel like we have to pursue when in situations that we maybe need to open up and, and receive. Yeah, and there's some stories there of worthiness because yeah. I think folks can doubt their worthiness of receiving love or deservedness, yes. you know, and Absolutely. that's something intrinsic that I believe, of course, we're all worthy. But like that whole thing you were saying about getting rid of the old stories or the old pain, there might be some resonance there that's getting rooted up out of the Plutonian dirt to yes. remind us Br that bringing that Mercury Pluto square into the play, yeah. right? you know, some and there was some, maybe there was something else that you said too, just to circle back around to the sport thing. Mm -hmm. Um, when you were talking about like how inspiring it was to watch that story, it sort of made me think about, this is really nice about like having conversations is that something that you maybe just sort of take for granted that's like right under your nose, you can kind mm -hmm. of think about it. It's like, I kind of feel like that's what's so exciting about watching sports is that's what you're watching. You're watching the intensity and, and journey and dedication and transformation of the few little players running in the field. But then this whole communal collective is like roaring and their hearts are soaring and they're cheering and they're participating in that from that inspirational spectator cheerleader perspective i have the same like appreciation for uh mixed martial arts mma mm -hmm. it's the same thing it's like astrology and mma go together for me and it's the same thing it's like you see the heart and the struggle and the triumph of these very martial also like very mars and detriment characters sometimes yeah. like oh, yeah. folks that had a bad start and they found martial sport to channel their in martial intensity and then use it uh, constructively. And for me, I guess having Mars and Scorpio, I just love those Mars triumph stories is that that Mars could have put me on the outside of society and made me a danger and an outlier to myself and others. But they found a way to transmute it and turn it into a story of triumph that we all get to participate in together. And those... I just feel like the contribution of those, um, you know, sports or martial arts, it's, they, they teach us a lot if we look through, uh, I would say a philosophical lens, but you can even go look through, at them through an astrological lens as well. Yeah, Debbie. Finally, someone is on the same wavelength with me on this. <laughs> Okay, well, why do you need to have another I've had, uh, I've had to, chat I've had... about these? Oh man, I'll tell you, you encapsulated that feeling really, really well, because I think that it's a, a fleeting moment that we're all participating in as a crowd, right? Mm -hmm. It is the culmination of someone's struggle, you know, like what you don't see is everything that led to that moment. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And that to yes. me gives me chills. That gives me chills over and over again because we, it's not just the competition itself. It is every sacrifice that that person has made to get to that point and can they go beyond their limits. And sometimes what they are learning is they learn through failure. So it's not just about victory. It's learning wow. humility through failure sometimes too, through losing. And yeah. I, I think that's just as beautiful as as the the victory part of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so takes a lot of heart to be willing to hazard losing everything or falling on your face, but at least you're in the arena of life. Right. It's like you, or you could stay safely on the sideline and never hazard losing anything at all, but then you will not be in the God's game of mm. feeling you know, the, the glory of tasting what you could, um, you could achieve, even just the thrill of trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Participating, <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in just, you know, the, the journey versus the, the payoff, right? Like saying, appreciating the steps that you, you took to get there, rather than getting fixated on the on the end result. Um, yeah. that's sometimes where the greatest wisdom is, uh, Debbie, we've got a couple comments here and then we'll, we'll wrap it up for you. I know you got to get back on the road, back home. Yeah, um, for sure. Tanya saying, 
you all know that Spencer's book addiction is legit. At least DVDs take up much less, less space. <laughs> okay, that's true. Feel called out. That's true. It's uh, yes, I, but I, that's that's like that late Virgo thing. Like you're talking yeah. about like all of this knowledge that's been co collected on this like antiquated technology that's just like on the verge of like decaying and falling apart, or there's never going to be. A machine that'll ever play it again and it's sort of like oh my god i need to just like save this <laughs> catch this before it like decays into yeah. oblivion i mean totally. like, i don't know i felt the urgency but yeah well i, I was yeah. just I, I, my mind was blown today <laughs> like i prefer a physical book because i like the tangibility of it sure yeah. but th the opportunity to literally purchase roughly two to three thousand books digitally on like 10 dvds for maybe sixty dollars was just too much i was just like <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna be able to read all these in a lifetime but at least they'll be somewhere where i can protect them and if there's a little nugget in like one of these that that gives me a realization it was worth it that i could i could pass on you know i tend to be is there Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just curious yeah. if there was like something in your chart with the faces or some image of being like an archivist or a Absolutely. protector of. Yeah, it's it's, you... Th it's Thuban. It's Thuban. So there's a fixed star at seven degrees of Virgo, which your moon is close to. Oh, right? dude. Which yes. is, is the dragon that is guarding the the Garden of Eden and the golden oh. apples. And, and so it's a dragon that is like hoarding things or knowledge <laughs> protecting immortality so what mm. i've had to learn is that i can collect things but i have to keep passing them on i can't right. just let them stop with me so so my motivation now is i am collecting these this wisdom and this knowledge to be able to pass on hopefully whatever i've learned to future generations like you know we've got you know these types of talks that people will be able to 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 look at and hopefully benefit from mm -hmm. and um yeah, I, I just, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Are you a collector at all, Debbie? Um, I do have collector tendencies. Yeah, I think I am a little bit of a, a an animist. I always think that things have a bit of a soul or a mm -hmm. consciousness. And I'm also practical because right. I, I hate getting rid of things and then later needing to rebuy it. But at the same time, you know, you can't have your house be a repository of what if objects <laughs> yes yes that, that's my attic right now i, I definitely right. need to go through and, and virgo virgo my attic um, and, Plu and pluto it a little bit too pluto's just like what can we throw on the compost yes right exactly exactly i'm just peeking out here to see if the pup is here sure uh, do we get to meet your your new family member here um yeah i think she might be out for a while um, while Debbie is oh, looking anyway. for the, I don't the think pup, she's around. I wanted to acknowledge Remco. Thank you for the super sticker. Uh, Remco donated to the the show here with a little super sticker of a little puppy. So thank you, Remco, oh, for that. Appreciate that's that. That's so sweet. Uh, Dimphy says, "Funny, I've uh, adopted a ten-year-old Stafford uh, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, which oh. means." I can't stay with my daughter in Leiden. Oh no, sacrifice, oh. but still with a lot of benefits for us all, including the cats. Yeah, so Aww. you had to give something up for, for your dream and for your vision, so that fits, Dimphy. Uh, June says an extreme infusion of Saturn and Pluto potentially bringing a lack of hope um, and a what's the point energy. Yeah, and we have to overcome that because we, we, we had that Saturn Pluto early in the pandemic and hopefully I mean, I hope we're starting to come out of it. I mean, it still feels like there's challenges for sure. Um, but but yeah, we have to hold on to that hope as as the, that Pandora's box keeps becoming, uh, <laughs> releasing all the <laughs> dangers. Um, let's see. Yeah, we just have some really nice comments talking about um, the the buddha uh, deeply respecting the reality of suffering jody is talking about yes judy uh, J jody i agree uh and dina is saying at least we are starting to honor the athlete's mental health as well i agree with that mm, as well yeah i agree um that is a, a big conversation and, and don't get me wrong folks i completely understand that the the professional sports especially in america can be 
you know, almost like a industrial complex where we're churning out, you know, things with sometimes treating people and dehumanizing them. But I think that there's in anything, there's always like some kind of balance we have to strike between finding beauty and grace within it and acknowledging that it isn't, isn't perfect and that there's things that it can do better. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Who, who do we have here on the screen here? Oh, this is Maya. Hi, Maya. This is our Venus and Scorpio pup that we rescued yesterday that we had to drive over land and sea right. through storm. This is the, <laughs> golden, the golden child, right? The girl, yeah. golden fur baby. Yeah. Awesome. Well, She's Maya. great. She's really affectionate. But part of that story you're talking about, about like, rewriting old stories or old patterns associated to like love and worthiness she has separation anxiety so right. we need to make sure that we're not uh over giving her too much of of affection so that she doesn't learn how to self-regulate sure. so that's going to be our little Absolutely. project <laughs> well debbie um do you have a few more minutes? Do you have like five more minutes for us here? Yeah, we could do yeah. five more. Okay, that's fine. So just a real quick thing for those of you who are looking for the last quarter, we have a last quarter moon on the 28th, um, where we're going to be seeing the moon in cancer squaring the newly ingressed sun into Libra. So mm -hmm. maybe some challenges with some imbalances potentially in our domestic situations, how we receive nurturing, um, you know, equality in nurturing and, and giving um, love versus receiving. So that's something to keep your eyes out for. And then there's going to be a new moon on the 6th of October at 13 degrees of Libra. We'll do a new um, live stream for that. Uh, I have a special guest, Melissa Lafara from Energetic Principles, who's going to be coming <gasps> on to talk about that. So oh, we'll talk about the Mars Kazemi, Pluto stationing direct, Saturn stationing direct, Mercury Kazemi around that period of time. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, Melissa will be on on October the 1st. And I just wanted to finish off today, uh, Debbie, with talking about two things. We have, First of all, we have the cricket that was an animal that came up for this. Right. This, right, which symbolizes incredible good luck, which is a positive thing about singing in the dark. So even though things might seem dark, like having faith, singing your song, releasing the past to embrace the future was another theme that came up with the cricket and mm. it, it also spoke about letting go of emotional baggage and in this there is protection that allows you to leave a certain situation so all of those themes coming up with the cricket uh, being able to leap forward uh, and the each each thing that we got today was number 47 which is translates to oppression exhaustion being restricted hardship adversity um, this is a test. I think this is a test of our character where the world may feel like it's conspiring against you. You may feel a little tired, a little burnt out, um, but your positive attitude and your faith can see you through. Uh, there was one changing line. It was called uh, oppressed by creeping vines. It says, this is the oracle. He is anxious and perplexed. He says to himself, if I move, I will greatly regret it. Yet if her request I'm sorry, excuse me, yet if, well, I can't even read my, yet if he repeats and sets out, good fortune comes. Sorry, I can't read my own writing sometimes. So this is really speaking about a time of oppression coming to a close, yet mm. people are hesitating because of fixating on the memory of the difficult times, so like, your, like your dog, right? Thinking about the trauma that they've experienced now that, but they're with you, a loving family where that story is in the past. Right. So it's going to take time to be able to maybe transition um, to release that's, that attitude. Yeah, that's a really good message for folks to hear, too, with the whole pandemic thing that's happening is that, you know, I think it may take a while as things start to get sorted out and we start finding a way back to the new normal to remember that we're not in the same situation we were when this frightful situation first began, right? Yeah, totally. Like to putting a toe in to starting to see some progress and things getting better, but then maybe still having some some fear, you know? Yeah. I know it's just the elephant in the room. We're all <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm navigating struggling, it. struggling with that for sure. Like yeah, I, I have a sure. very heightened sense of self-preservation 
and being able to uh, rejoin society is like like you said a little tiny toe in the water yeah you're in there and and if if you know the 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 shit doesn't hit the fan then you can like take a little further <laughs> right. dip you know um so yes not losing hope and it's changing to a, a a hexagram number six which is actually called conflict um contention arbitration demanding justice speaking out and this may be about opposing interests i think that through our faith we may come to an experience where we do have a situation a martial experience I know we've got the Mars Kazemi coming up where you may have to stand up for yourself or you may have to find a way to um, find an equilibrium and a balance between your desires and someone else's. This is really going to be a theme as we move into mm-hmm. the season. Um, mm-hmm. So the keys with this uh, opening lines of communication, establishing trust and reciprocity. Don't rush into conflict. Be prudent and wise and patient uh, and, and really listen. I think that's really the key here is maintain your hope. Uh, recognize that there may be some situations that you may have to make some adjustments that come up. And as long as you communicate, I mean, this is really key, isn't it? Communication is so fundamental for um, alleviating misunderstandings in our life. So I think that yeah. that's something we're moving forward with as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great note. Yeah, too. We, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it all up together. All right, Debbie. Wonderful. Well, I, I really appreciate you joining me today and, and good luck on your, on your journey home. And I hope that everything works out well with your little pup there. And thanks for everyone that joined us today. Um, Remember to check Debbie out at at starfruitastrology.com. Starfruitastrology.com. Okay. And uh, yeah, make sure that you hit that like on this video. If you're not subscribed to the channel, hit the subscribe, turn on the notification bell. And uh, we will see you again on... September the 23rd, when we talk about the astrology of October with our guest, Mercurius George. So keep your eye out for that. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. An old friend of mine. So anyway. All right, Debbie, thanks for joining me today and take care, everyone. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Take care. All right, take care. Bye.